Hey everybody, welcome to episode 4 of the Horror Fiends Podcast. I'll be your host tonight, my name is John, I'm here with my buddy Sauce and my buddy Chris. How are we doing tonight boys? What up? Doing great. Yes, I am fucking hammered! Just kidding. Only way to podcast. I took a shot earlier at work as I was leaving, that is a fact, and I have a crone in front of me right now. Um, so today we are here to discuss um, a little old movie called The Exorcist, made in 1973, directed by William Friedkin. Um, this is one of the uh, staples, I think, of uh, classic horror, and uh, definitely one of the, the more notable, probably the most notable, I would say, horror movie ever made. Definitely in the 70s, it sort of was the first one to bring in this whole uh, sort of religious horror idea uh, to the to the big screen and there were countless imitations and spinoffs and people trying to sort of create the religious, um, the religious atmosphere, the religion being kind of scary and demons and shit. Um, I think there were a couple movies that came before this, like Rosemary's baby kind of played around with it. And honestly, I don't even know if Rosemary's baby came first. I should probably look that up. Uh, let's see. Rosemary's Baby did come out five years before this one. So technically this isn't the first at it, but it definitely was um, one of the more notable ones. Um, so yeah, this movie stars um, a bunch of fucking people. I don't have it in front of me. I, I got it, John. They're just a bunch of old people. You know, this movie's old. You don't know any of these names. We can pretend like we do, but we don't. I'm looking at the list right now. I can't see a single actor in this movie that is like pops out as something relevant to me today i only know linda blair linda blair plays reagan and uh yes ellen burstein plays the mom if i'm not mistaken yep yeah so why don't we why don't we run through the cast here well you got jason miller as damien Carras Karras. um Caress these nuts. <laughs> you got Max von Sydow as Father Marin. Jack McGoran is Burke Dennings. Um, and Mercedes That's pretty much it. Cambridge is Pazuzu. Ah, the old Pazuzu. <laughs> Pazazu. So the caretaker. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. The caretaker. I guess okay. I guess the caretaker had a notable role, but pretty much it's really just uh, Reagan and Father Karras and uh, Ellen Burstein sort of taking on the the majority of this. And I, you get a little bit of Father uh, Father Nutsack, um, Father Marin in there. So the movie starts off. Um, do we start off in Iraq or Iran? Do you guys remember? I don't. I didn't catch uh, which country it started in. I have I no idea. No. Once again, John, I don't I think it's very relevant to the. No, I mean movie it, it's an interesting part. It's northern Iraq is where. It okay, starts. so we it starts in Iraq at this uh, archaeological dig, where uh, we're introduced to Father Marin, who is a, a priest. He doesn't really get introduced at all till a little bit later, but um, he is a priest for the Catholic Church, and um, he is out on an archaeological dig, apparently trying to go through uh, some ruins of. Uh, a seemingly old civilization. Um, and they come across uh, 
this little figurine who uh, we learn is Puzazu, your boy, who is, um, he is a fucking demon. It's never revealed uh, right away, but he is in fact a demon. And we're sort of introduced to that he is this, uh, this father who has been sent on a retreat. He's very old. And uh, he came across this little fucking thing. Um, there's this weird scene where um, basically they're traveling through all of like northern Iraq's villages. Father Karras, or uh, sorry, Father Marin is just sort of walking through the town square. Um, and uh, there's a bunch of dudes that are all just fucking hammering away on like pretty much all the local people in Iraq are just hammering away. That's like every, everything everyone's doing. I, I wrote that as a note that literally everyone is just hammering on top of shit for the first 20 minutes of this movie. Um, the first scene that really, that something is kind of wrong is um, when father Marin is back at his uh, sort of like his church um, diocese or whatever. Um, the clock stops when uh, they're talking about, I think they're talking about the dig, but um that kind of caught my eye. Something might be a little skew when the time stops. It's never a good thing. Um, the Pizazu statue, they, Father Marin like seeks out this gigantic version of his little statue. And uh, there's this giant, literally like mammoth sized statue. That's like, it's causing like a bunch of dogs to fight like right next to it. And there's some very alarming music. And there's kind of like this legendary shot of like Father, Father Marin standing alongside this huge statue um and then there's a kind of like an abrupt jump cut to georgetown usa where we're introduced to uh reagan who is this little girl and her mother who is an actress um her mother's name is what again i already forgot it chris mcneil right away it's kind of revealed that they're both kind of like they're all by themselves it's just the two of them and their caretaker um and also like a guy who kind of attends to their place and it's pretty established that they're this wealthy uh wealthy couple people and the mother is like a famous actress like the police officer later in the movie like recognizes her for work and wants her autograph so we kind of have it established that they're a wealthy couple um and the movie is taking place i would say it's like modern time for when the movie was released probably like 1970 there's this weird piano score as like the mother is like walking onto her movie set and it sounds like we haven't reviewed it yet, but it sounds very similar to Halloween. Um, actually I'm curious if Halloween came out before this one did. What do you guys think? Let me look it up real quick. Yeah. I have no idea off the top of my head. I know it was in the seventies. Halloween came out in 78. So I guess this was the first one to have like the spooky piano score as she's walking around. Um, but I recognize the piano score from other shit when it started playing. So we kind of learn Reagan is like the spoiled kind of little brat when they first introduce her. And she's asking for like horse rides for her birthday and shit. The father is MIA. It's kind of revealed later that he's living in Italy and has like broken up with the mother, Chris. Then we're kind of introduced to father Karis who is sort of like this priest who's sort of losing his faith a little bit. He's sort of doubting his trust to the Catholic church, or whether or not he wants to be a priest or not. What happened? Oh, he goes to visit his mother and we're sort of transported to New York city. And it's revealed that his mother is like dying and she's kind of, she lives alone. No one really looks after her and kind of like the only family she really has left is uh, father Karras and his uncle. Um, 
what else? Oh, Father Karras is a priest at a community, or he's at the at the university at Georgetown. Um, so that's kind of loosely established. It's never super important, but he is like a university priest. Um, what else? Then we kind of get into the crazy shit where Reagan tells her mother that she's been playing with this Ouija board and she's been fucking around with Captain Howdy. And uh, we don't really know who Captain Howdy is, but we do know that she's been talking to Regan for some time. Um, what else? The mother Captain starts Howdy. hearing... Oh, go Captain ahead. Captain Howdy's a great name for a demon that you talk to with a Ouija board. Yeah, I don't know why they chose Captain Howdy, but it's it's pretty funny. Like, what a what a weird name to call your demon, just from a story yeah, writing perspective. It it really is pretty irrelevant too. Like that could have been anything, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah, the mother kind of dismisses it because the name sounds so ridiculous, and she's probably just talking to an imaginary friend. Right. But the mother has been experiencing like bumps and like crazy like attic fuckery. Um, in the middle of the night and it's sort of unexplained um the mother thinks it's rats um but it is not rats as we find out um what else there's more rumblings that the father is losing his faith um the attic rumbling shit reminded me i made a note reminded me quite a bit of sort of like how the conjuring plays off of shit like the conjuring almost exclusively uh, that movie plays with the idea of shit like that's like bumping around and banging. You don't know what it is. The Exorcist was kind of like one of the first ones to sort of fuck with that. So that was yep. definitely inspirational. Um, then there's sort of a a candle jump scare when she, the mother is going through the attic and like the flame of her candle like sort of ignites very rapidly. Um, so that's like another sign that shit's starting to hit the fan a little bit. Um, then we get transported into church. Father Karras is given, or no, no, it's not even Father Karras. I think it's just another priest just goes to like the local church. I wanted to ask you guys about this scene because it made no fucking sense to me at all in the scope of the story or the scope of the movie. Like the, the, the statue of Mary just has like giant fucking bloody tits and like a dick. And I, I don't understand how that happened or like what it has to do with anything other than it's kind of like a scary, like a weird visual. Um, I, I'm not too sure myself of what exactly it was but i thought it was just alluding to the demonic presence maybe or other than that you know because it doesn't look like it was like a prank or a vandalized statue look you know like something had done that but not something natural so i i agree though it was kind of weird kind of just you know a scene they stuck in there maybe for a little shock factor i think it's literally just in there to be like a scary picture and I don't know, like, Reagan didn't do it, and the fucking statue didn't do it, so who fucking did it? I, I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, so, anyways. I think next is the dinner party, right? Oh, wait, wait, I forgot to make a quick point about Damien's mother. Um, she starts, like, blaming her son for, like, not being for like her current situation and like Damien's like very guilty about leaving his mother out there. And she like, doesn't want to move into a home. And then she starts blaming him because she gets, there's a scene where I think it actually jumps to the mother is in like this, uh, this institution, I believe and like a mental institution. And her mother starts, the mother starts like blaming Damien for like letting it happen to her when she was literally just like pushing him away. Like the previous time we saw her, I didn't really like that scene either. She's kind of a dick. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I forgot about that scene. Yep. 
So then we go to the dinner party where we're introduced to this dude, uh, um, Dennings, right? Or no, no, um, Burke, Burke Dennings. Burke, yeah, Burke Dennings, um, who supposedly kind of has the hots for uh, the mom. But regardless, um, we're kind of it. There's this weird scene where he's going around. It's actually very funny and much funnier than the last time I remembered where he's literally just calling a bunch of German like people that are at this party. I think it's like the butler is like, you're a fucking Nazi, like right to his face. He's clearly hammered. Um, so he's kind of like the comic relief of the movie for a little bit. Um, so yeah, he calls a bunch of people Nazis and he gets fucking wasted. This one dude starts telling the story about how he's going to space, I think. And, um, like he's an astronaut and then Reagan like just appears out of nowhere, just f- pisses all over the floor. And she's like, you're going to die up there. And like another, that's a legendary quote. Um, definitely one of the best acting scenes in the, uh, in the movie for Reagan, I think very solid line de- delivery. Um, so obviously this is concerning that she just pissed herself in front of all these people. So this kind of begins what I like to call the uh, what's wrong with Reagan section of the movie where they literally just try to uh, the mom seemingly is just spending loads of cash trying to evaluate what's wrong with Reagan from this point on. Damien kind of has this dream sequence after this, a kind of like an in-between scene where Reagan is being evaluated by all these doctors. And Damien has this dream sequence when he's like wasted, he's been drinking and there's like a very weird like cut of her mother like coming out his mother coming out of a subway and she's like talking to him and Damien can't speak back and then there's a very abrupt jump scare of like this weird face who we later find out is like Captain Howdy or the demon um so that's like the first real jump scare of the movie probably of like the era too i don't think there was a lot of jump scares utilized in this time up to this point uh, but they just have like this quick flash of like this weird demon face um, while the while he's dreaming. Um, oh, doctors! The doctors start calling uh, Reagan's affliction a lesion in her brain, and uh, all they have to do is just remove a scar. So then they do this weird scene where like the doctor takes like an IV of her neck, and I found I found like a lot of this like pretty pretty fucking scary too where she's like in this room like she's just a little girl and they're like stabbing her with this iv and it like her blood starts spurting out literally all over her body like they really fuck that iv um and then they do like this very loud ass cat scan where it's just like banging like super loud and imagine in the movies it was it was very loud like i didn't know cat scans like looked like that in the past but they're just like hooking her up to like this weird thing and then at another point they start they gave her like um they gave her like a back or like a spinal tap or something like that. I don't know why they gave her a spinal tap, but they they just start basically just like torturing Reagan because they can't figure out what's going on. Then they start like explaining it like, "Oh, she needs to be on drugs. Like this is something mental. You need to see like um you need to see a what's that doctor called? A psychologist." I also noticed, like, one thing I just want to point out is that we watched the um, the theatrical cut of this movie, not the director's cut. So I know that there's a couple of scenes that are left off. If, like, in our watch, we we definitely missed some pretty important scenes that 
got chopped because they were it was inappropriate for the time and the studio didn't want to release it. Okay, so I guess now um, Reagan goes back to her bed and there's this scene where Burke is supposed to be watching her and the babysitter steps out for a second and they basically find um, an open window and uh, they can't find this Burke guy anywhere. They find out that he fucking... Uh, he got launched out this window and his fucking head was completely backwards. Like he died from like his head being twisted and he fell out of a window, which is bizarre. Um, so that's like Reagan's first real um, like act of menace, I would say. Oh, Reagan's makeup starts getting crazy. They start, they start, I gotta say the makeup in this movie was very good for its time. They started making that girl look so fucking scary. Um, I imagine it scared the the absolute piss out of the people at the theater at that time. Um, but she starts getting green and her her eyes start getting very sunken in. And she starts getting cracks and scars in her skin. They find, oh, they find the Pizzazzo statue as the director is investigating the body of Burke Dennings. Um, and I don't understand how it got there. That's another part of the movie that I don't think ever truly got addressed. But they find at the base of the staircase where he got launched this Pizzazzo statue. So then the cop has this weird fucking interview with uh, the mother. And he's like trying to get information out of her. And then at the very end, he's like, my daughter wants your autograph. And then he's like, just kidding. I want your autograph. It was just a very weirdly acted scene. I I did not like that scene a whole lot. Um, It was kind of just strange. Um. So now, now I think the movie the movie hits the gas a little bit right after this scene, um, because there is a scene where Reagan, she just screams out after this weird cop encounter. He's she's like let she's like let Jesus fuck you or something like that, and she's like lick me, lick me. Her tongue starts going nuts. What did you guys think about this scene? Didn't she start stabbing herself too? That was a little later. So she has this first scene where she's like, they kind of stop her from doing it. There's a scene a little bit later where she grabs a crucifix in front of the priest. And then she starts fucking stabbing herself. That's a little bit later. But there's this first scene where she's like, just screaming like naughty words, basically. But her voice is like this British. It's like this combination of like this old British man and her voice. And I think it's pretty cool. The sound, the sound mixing was pretty cool on her voice when she's uh, possessed. Um, and then, oh yeah, so then uh, Reagan vomits right into somebody's mouth. I can't remember who, but she vomits right into someone's mouth in that scene. Um, maybe you're right, Sauce. I don't know. This whole, this whole part of the movie kind of gets crazy. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I just that was the scene that stuck out to me that I remember in my head that she was going crazy, stabbing herself. Yeah. So yeah, I guess just to further explain it, she's like, there's blood like coming out, like there's blood all over this crucifix and she's stabbing herself right in front of her mother. Then she like grabs her mom's head and like pushes it down, like down there has her mother like lick it. And she's saying like, lick me. That is a pretty grisly scene for the time. I mean, it's pretty grisly even by today's standards. So that is very effective. 
Then basically we sort of have this long drawn out process where they're like, okay, Father Karras, you need to perform an exorcism on this girl. Like she is, she is not okay. And they start like doing all these tests that like, oh, she's speaking. The devil is like speaking uh, backwards English. And uh, he even calls out for Father Marin at one point. Like he mentions Father Marin. I think I also want to shout out Reagan's acting, the child act, Linda Blair's acting. Um, cause she does a very good job of carrying the scary scenes in the movie. I had a little note about that. Um, oh yeah. So in reverse, um, the devil says, fear the priest as it's getting hit with holy water. And then they start saying Marin a bunch. And that's kind of a little bit of a foreshadow for the devil has already, uh, been exercised, been reported that he was like, he exercised a demon somewhere once before in Africa somewhere. Um, that nearly killed Father Baron, but he has like completed like an exorcism already. So they fucking the Catholic Church is like, send his old ass back in there. He can take care of this. And uh, Father Marin, like right away, hops on board and is like, yeah, this 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 little girl. Like as soon as he walks in their house and hears the devil scream his name, he's like, yep, okay, I don't need to hear any background about this this girl. Like she is she is possessed. That is the devil. Um. So then, yeah, so then Regan's tongue starts getting longer. She starts puking again all over everybody with, like, this nasty colored puke. It looks like flarp. And it's, like... It's like green slime. Yeah, so he, she starts sliming. colored green slime. Yeah, she, she starts sliming the priests. There's a good quote, what a, like, what an excellent day for an exorcism, where the, the devil is just straight up just talking to Father Karras. Um... So yeah, the exorcism scene, um, it appears that like her room starts getting like colder and they start like, it starts getting to the point where they're in like a refrigerator or like a cooler because of how like cold it is in there as she starts to get further and further down this like possession path. So I, I probably think this is, um, one of the, one of the, uh, most notable scenes in the movie where they perform the exorcism. Um, I thought Father Marin's character almost needed sort of like a like a sequel with how much because he kind of just like slide he's in the first like couple minutes of the movie then he just slides right back in at the end and um i thought like he could have used like a sequel or something like that or a prequel to sort of explain what his deal is a little more because they they totally flush out father karis but they don't really flush out father Marin all that much so he's a bit of a mystery but he conducts this exorcism so they they kind of have some uh, some technical difficulties with the exorcism where Father Karras starts believing what the devil is saying about his mother and starts believing that his mother is talking to him when that's definitely not happening. His mother has already passed away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to think of like Father Karras or Father Marin like gives Father Karras the boot for a little bit. He's like, step outside for a second um because he like clearly is like compromised and he's listening and doing what the devil is telling him a little bit letting him get in his head um but then they come back in and they sort of finish off this exorcism where she uh she starts levitating in the air she like floats off this bed she starts i mean she like pukes throughout the whole thing she starts cursing him her head starts flying around backwards which is a very interesting special effect for the time it looks very realistic even to this day she 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 does that twice and she did that earlier too i forgot to mention that at some points i think when they're doing the exorcism reagan starts sounding like a dog barking which sort of like 
hints back at when uh, Pazazu was um, in the Iraq, like the statue was causing dogs to fight and bark like viciously. So I thought that was kind of a cool sound mixing effect. I mean, really not not a too much more. It's just the actual exorcism itself, and then kind of the events that follow it to the end. Yeah, it finally stops. Yep. Yeah, um, John. We're getting to the end of the movie here. There was there was the point where the cop meets uh, Karis at his apartment, and like they're like, "Oh yeah, he's we know that Reagan killed." killed him but we're not gonna do anything like they the cop kind of gets back in there but he just that's kind of where he goes away and then um and then we get to i think where Marin dies really where father Marin gets gets killed and you know karis goes for the final battle with uh with the demon with pizzazu okay so father Marin is fucking dead he dies off camera and it's pretty clear that uh reagan smoked him while uh father karis was off having a, a stogie um, so then, you know, Father Karras goes back in there and he's, uh, very distraught and he realizes that, you know, he is in fact fucking around with the devil. There's a very effective scene where Father Karras just loses his mind and, uh, pretty much just begs. Oh wait, no, actually I'm forgetting one of the other most, uh, important scenes of the movie where, um, Reagan and the face of Captain Howdy kind of blend together for a second. Do you get? Did you guys catch that? I didn't catch that on either of my first watches of this movie. Ray, Reagan and whose face? Reagan and Captain Howdy. Oh, and Captain Howdy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They like. There's this weird thing where they did like this effect where the right side of her face is like Reagan in real life, and then the left side is this image overlaying with her eye on top of like Captain Howdy's eye on top of her eye. It looks very good. And I did. I never noticed that before. That's like the whenever you see like jump scare videos, it's usually that picture of like that combo face, um, which is a pretty fucking scary image. I will say that. So now, okay, so now we finally get to the point where Father Karras has kind of given up on the exorcism and straight up just begs. Um, he starts actually beating the fuck out of Reagan. He's telling the devil to like take me, take me. So then. Uh, you can see for a second that the devil does go into Father Karras. His eyes change color. And uh, it looks for a second as though he's about to uh, finish off Reagan. And he kind of regains control and his eyes switch back to his normal color. He just lets out a big old, no! And then uh, jumps out the fucking window. He's the second victim claimed by the, uh, the window and the stairs. Um, and then he's, he sort of read his last rites by his, uh, by his priest friend while he's fucking dying. Uh, there's like a big crowd that gathers around him. Becomes pretty clear to, uh, Chris, the mother that, uh, the Father Karras just launched himself out the window. And he's dead. <laughs> R.I.P. Reagan appears to go back to normal. And then, um, there's like one last scene where... They're, uh, they take off his uh, Father Karras' necklace and they pass it from the caretaker to Chris and then Chris gives it back to the, his priest friend. Um, I kind of wanted to know the significance of that necklace because right before the devil jumped into Father Karras' body, Reagan ripped it off of him and then she then the devil went in. So it was almost like this necklace had like some protective ability, which I never picked up on before. But anyways, I caught that last little tidbit. There's another pretty cool scene where uh, Chris says Reagan doesn't remember anything that's happened to her. 
Um, although it's implied that when she sees the the priest collar on the buddy, the priest buddy, um, she gives him like a kiss on the cheek, like sort of implying that, yeah, like I do know, I do understand what happened there. Indicating that uh, Reagan has got to be one of the most traumatized uh, people that ever lived in her life will probably never be the same. And she probably needs mental help, which is a bit of a bummer, but uh, they move. They get the fuck out of there as anyone should. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Oh, wait, there's one last scene where the father like looks down the steps. What did, is there anything at all that stood out to you that I didn't cover in that quick plop synopsis? Rainer, I'll let you go first. I do not have anything. I think we uh, we covered a lot as far as the plot goes, so I'm pretty good with everything we covered. John, so the the scene where she does like the backwards crawl, right? Yes, the spider walk or the crab walk. Yeah, I I want to make sure we're doing this right for our listeners. That that's in the version we watch, or is that in the director's cut? Or no, it's not the version we watch. It is that's not the theatrical cut. They cut it out of the theatrical cut that, because that's they I thought it was too. They thought it was too like fake looking. Yep, it's, I mean, it's a very iconic and recognizable scene. So, if there's anybody who's listening who's like, "Why didn't they mention that?" And we did mention earlier that we only watched the direct or the theater cut. So, you know, that's a great scene, but unfortunately, it was not the version we watched. But you know, worth mentioning here. Um, other than that, John, you mentioned that medallion or the necklace that she grabbed from him from Father Karras. So, I guess that's just like a. My thought was it was just like a religious you know, peace, something that's, uh, you know, got significance to it. And that was kind of the, what allowed Father Karras to be protected and then subsequently would allow Reagan to be protected once she took it from him. So I think you're right in saying that right. that's kind of what, what uh, allowed him to be possessed. So yeah, <clears throat> in reality, it's just a, a failed exorcism, but it kind of worked out in the sense that at least Reagan was saved. So, right. Yeah. The, the young child gets a chance at life, but like you said, her life is going to be fucked now. Um, no, other than that, you know, there was, uh, we mentioned him, I think a little bit earlier, but Carl, the, the housekeeper, you get a small role in this. He didn't really have anything that helped the plot out, but no, no we did a pretty good job covering the, uh, the whole, whole plot there. And, you know, yep. other than that, I, you, you talked about, some of the things for as the time that the movie was was released, you know, back then was probably still was scary and still now it's pretty scary. You know, some of the stuff like the the head turning around and the makeup, I, I agree, were like, you know, pr- pretty still good. You know, I had this watcher. I haven't watched it since I was, you know, much younger myself. So, you know, still holds up. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to add it. I, I mean, thinking about it, that's a little less than 50 years ago, which is pretty not so for the time it i'm sure it was like extremely scary shocking that stuff like that is coming out like almost 50 years is a long time ago at least for us and our standards as far as movies go and everything that was coming out at the time yeah i i definitely agree i think it's uh definitely one of the best 70s horror movies if not the best 70s horror movie um I think it has a lot of rewatch value for that reason. Um, I I think actually what I'll do right now is well, I think I'll, I'll do a little bit of a, de- uh, a deviation from the normal uh, scheduled routine here. I'll do, let's jump into some trivia. Cause I have, 
I've been reading some very interesting trivia as you guys were talking there about this movie. Um, so right away, this movie is the highest grossing uh, Warner's Brother movie ever made. And is it, if adjusted for inflation, it would be one of the highest, it would be the highest grossing R-rated movie ever made. There is the Catherine Howdy face um, is actually a uh, failed makeup test for how they wanted to design Reagan to look. Um, and actually, I think that's kind of cool because I remember Saucy were mentioning this was based on a real story about a, a, a boy. And that is definitely like a man's face that they covered for Captain Howdy. Uh, when you're referring to that face, John, are you talking about like, I'm looking up pictures now. Is it just that straight white face? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I actually know in yeah, the director's yeah. cut, they included that face at least one more time in the movie and they cut it because they didn't like where it was. There's a scene where Chris is like walking through the kitchen of her house and it's like very black. And um, there's like a quick flash of Captain Howdy. I don't believe that was in this cut. Um, I honestly think looking at that face, that may have been a little bit more scary to be honest with you than what they did. Yeah. That's just my opinion though. Well, I'm glad they used it, even though it was like a failed makeup test. Like it was, I'm glad it made its way into the movie at all. Um, Because it is, it is pretty fucking creepy. The demon, um, which is not named, um, but is shown throughout the movie in statue form, is an Assyrian and Babylonian mythological demon, Pazazu, who brings famine during dry seasons and locusts during rainy, rainy seasons. He is the king of the demons of the wind, apparently. I would have expected him to be king of, like, the like dogs or something because there's so much like dog imagery related to him what else so the actors in this movie really fucking hated this director apparently he blasted a gun in uh someone's ear in father karis's ear at one point to get his reaction and there's another couple scenes where they're freaking out in the bed and like the bed's going nuts and i think uh, Linda Blair got permanent back damage from that scene because it was real. Um, yeah. Um, apparently, like they chilled the room where they conduct the exorcism down to like below thirty degrees, and it was they shot for hours and hours in like terrible weather, and they caught pneumonia. Um, this movie was banned in the UK for a number of towns by town councils. This led to a bizarre spectacle of exorcist bus trips where enterprising travel companies organized buses to take groups to the nearest town where the film was showing. That's actually pretty cool. Like to, to be that, um, like it would just be a lot of fun to like go to like a scary movie. That was that band. The actress who provided the voice of the demon insisted on swallowing raw eggs and chain smoking. To alter her vocalizations. That is fucking wild. What a legend. The actress had alcohol abuse in the past and wanted to drink whiskey as she knew alcohol would distort her voice even more and cause a crazy state of mind for the character. Well, I mean, this woman was obviously just addicted to the ripping darts and an alcoholic, but she she used that as an excuse. It's all good for her. Yep. The director insisted that the voice actor be bound to a chair with pieces of a torn sheet binding her to the chair around her neck, arms, wrists, legs, and feet to get a realistic sound against restraint. Um, This sounds all pretty fucking traumatic for these actors. What else? Oh, the director is terrified to this day of some of the vocalizations captured by that actress. 
Shout out to her. She did a good job. She was a good demon. Um, though often cited as one of the most shocking scenes in cinema, the crucifix masturbation scene was actually greatly toned down from that of the novel. In the source book, the scene is much longer, gorier, and sexually ex explicit, with Reagan suffering a broken nose, butchering of her genitals, and orgasming. That's pretty terrifying. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been something if they put that in the movie. That would have been a little too much. Apparently, the most shocking film to most moviegoers at the time was not actually that scene. It was a scene where she's getting a catheter hooked up to her neck. People passed out because yeah, of the that, blood spurting out. Yeah, that scene was pretty... That was bad. That yeah, was that was it. Was so telling. That just made of, me like, feel uncomfortable. Yeah, like the the medical technology then. Like imagine going to the doctors back then for like major procedures or tests. Like that's so disturbing and off putting of like what you had to go through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Linda Blair received a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination. Um, I feel like that fucking voice actress should have been joined by her for that. Because they both kind of played the same character. But whatever. She did a good job of at least like interpreting someone else's voice. It looked very like as if she was speaking it. Uh, yeah. So they did a great job with that. Um, in the scene where the words help me arise out of Reagan's torso, the effect was achieved by constructing a foam latex replica of Linda Blair's stomach. Um, where the words were written out with a paintbrush and cleaning fluid. Um, the chemical reaction caused the words to... Um, be seen that's a very cool special effect i would not have known that um he used the special effect artist uses heat to form blisters with a blow dryer causing them to deflate um when the film was run backwards it appears as though the words are rising out of the skin in an attempt to summon intervention that's pretty sweet i did not know that so yeah i could keep going there's like 50 other cool facts about this movie um there's a lot here jesus christ they did a real-life exorcism on the set at the director's instruction. Ellen Burstein agreed to do the movie only if her character didn't have to say the scripted line, I believe in the devil. That has to be, like, the dumbest fucking thing as to, like, as a reason not to take on a role. Like, I would much rather point to the fact that, like, I have to, like, supposedly lick my daughter's, like, bloody, stabbed, like, vagina that's... The infamous masturbation sequence was trimmed by 12 seconds and the shot of the desecrated statue of the Virgin Mary in the church was completely cut by the Irish film censor. That's not kind of surprising to me. All right, cool. So I think, I think we're good there. That's, that's a, that's a healthy amount of trivia. That's probably the most trivia I've ever seen on a movie before. There's still like 50 other ones that I could read off. Usually it's only like 10. It was such a famous and popular movie. Yeah. I, I'm sure everyone wants to know how it was fucking screamed. So yeah, oh, yeah. here's what I was talking about earlier. Ellen Burstein received a permanent spinal injury during filming. In the sequence where she is being thrown away from her possessed daughter, a harness jerked her hard away from the bed. She fell on her coccyx, which I think is your tailbone, right? And she screamed yeah, that's in pain. Your that's that's nuts. Oh, and there was a misfire. So the scene where uh, Father Marin gets puke in his mouth was supposed to go on his chest, and the tubing misfired, and it caused it to go directly into his mouth. And the director used that seat, that cut of the of the puke, which was the first cut, <laughs> as the actual scene in the movie. Wow! So that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> Just exploded right in his fucking mouth. Yeah. They used That's pea soup for Paris. They used pea soup as the puke as well. Yeah, That's bad. not that bad. Yep. That makes sense. 
Father Carrots got a fucking Oscar nomination as well. Yeah, this movie is pretty fucking uh, cinematically highly regarded, which it's probably well-deserved. Um, all right, well, cool. Now I think we can jump back in. Um, Sauce, I'll let you start. What did you? Why don't you give like, your, your, your wrapping thoughts on the movie as a whole? Like, What did you think of it? Um, you don't have to give your score, but just in general, what did you, uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I just, I think it's a classic. I think it is, um, it's no question why it just continues to be like one of the most famous movies throughout like the test of time, 1973, right? When it came out, um, which is really good effects for, for that time and really well done. I think it's like one of the first of its kind to kind of have like possession demon being portrayed in the movie. So, um, I really don't think you can go wrong with this one. I thought it was really well done. I wouldn't say it's something that's like unbelievably scary. It didn't scare the shit out of me or anything like that. Um, but still, regardless, like really, really good, really unsettling. Just a couple of disturbing scenes throughout the movie. Really good plot. Good acting. Um, I thought that um, Regan or Reagan, Linda Blair did an awesome job just with her lines um swearing saying like ridiculous stuff when she's possessed i thought she was great um but overall thought it was a really good movie i definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it it's a classic so you want to go next rainer yeah no thanks sauce i think it was uh i think it was really good you know i've seen this movie before uh, a lot of the movies that we reviewed so far was my first time actually watching so getting a Getting a movie now that I've seen a couple of times has uh, been helpful for me to be able to really digest it and, you know, spit out some thoughts. I, you know, I'm usually not a type to like older movies. I'm kind of picky like that or just pretentious in the way that, like, I think a lot of older movies suck and, you know, they're they're overhyped. But this one is definitely worth a watch. You know, it's it's it, it still holds up, you know, the the effects while sometimes are you know, a, a little corny looking, if you can kind of look past that and get in the mood of the movie, it's, uh, it is still very scary, very disturbing movie. Um, I think it probably could have been a little shorter, if anything, you know, it's a common theme for some of my reviews is that I get on movies if they end up being a little too long. So I think some parts of the movie kind of didn't help the plot as much. And they were just kind of there for either shock value, or I don't even know what, like, they spent a lot of time in northern Iraq in the beginning. I don't think they really needed to do that personally. But, um, you know, I, I liked a lot of what the director did based off the novel. It sounds like there was uh, some different kind of approaches he could have taken. And I like what he did with it. So, you know, for, for me, it's it's a classic. It's not something that I necessarily seek out. But I would recommend it to anybody who wants to see a true thriller and, you know, horror movie. John? Um, you've obviously talked about the movie a lot, gave us the plot and stuff, but you know, what did you truly think about it and how many times have you actually seen it? Well, I think, uh, this is like the one movie that I think, um, I feel very conflicted about because I very much see all of its, um, like good aspects of it. Um, like I think it's, it does a great job of setting like a very creepy tone, um, and like the, the acting is fantastic and the effects are, I think the most impressive part of it for its time, the mate between the makeup, the sound mixing and uh, 
I think overall, I think the directing too is very good. The way that they choose some of the camera angles and uh, the way that they show you how um, basically the, I, I don't know. I think the directing style is very ripped off now and people are trying to create the same thing. Um, obviously this film is like, it was nominated for best picture, multiple actors and actresses won awards, other, you know, it's like cinematically hailed as one of the best movies. I think for whatever reason, this one I've never had a super strong connection with. Um, like even after watching it for the first time and watching it after this time, I still kind of am like just a little bit puzzled at certain like decisions. Like the Iraq scene was kind of just strange to start there. The whole statue is still kind of a mystery. I like the idea that there's this thing that you don't really know a whole lot about and that's the demon. I definitely enjoy that, but I would have liked a little more clarification on that. Um, Captain Howdy, like, why is he called Captain Howdy? Why does he show up in Father Karras's dream? Why is the Virgin Mary statue full of, like, why is it, de- like, defaced like that? It's never really made clear why. I, I There's just, like, a couple of, like, issues with me that I can't really get past. Father Marin dives off screen, which is kind of lame. I would have liked to have seen, like, the effects department try to kill him. Like, all the deaths in this scene are actually off camera, other than... Um, Father Karras getting yeeted down the down the steps, which is which was a good. Like, I know they could they could do it because that was an effective scene. Um, the director's cut version it, it adds a lot to it, so the theatrical version I don't think is quite as good. I don't like the trim down. I think it is definitely a disturbing movie. Um, I think it's very like it's effective at what it wants to do, which is sort of like really creep the audience out with this possession um, and sort of make you fear the devil, um, which it does a great job of. So I will give it all the credit in the world for doing a good job at that. But I cannot say that I like this movie as much as I like some of the other movies that we watched. Um, it's not as enjoyable. It's that it, 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 there's hardly any comedic value other than uh, Burke Dennings going around calling people Nazis I don't know. I, I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit more to be desired in this movie, but I totally appreciate what it means to the horror genre, and um, yeah, I, I think that just about summarizes it. I think Regan, without Regan, this movie kind of stinks. Um, they did yeah. a great job with her, uh, but everything yeah, else was actress. kind of. What's that? I'll say her actress did a phenomenal job. That's probably the best part. Best acting of the movie was was her role, and. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want to go into into the scores, but you know, I'm I'm curious to see where this is going to land. Yeah, out of let's the five. Let's dive right into our scores. Um, I'll I'll go first. Um, I think I'm feeling uh, a very very solid four point one on this movie. Um, like I said, I just sort of explained all my reasonings why I don't think it's the best one, but um, and I, I guess I gave my reasons why I like it the best. Um. But I think one other thing I I did not mention like at all I don't in this in this uh, podcast was uh, the score is very good too um, I I really like the way that they kind of keep it quiet and they use some pretty they, they use the piano theme which is a legendary or like you hear it on Halloween all the time um, I, I appreciate that I think it's very effective at creating a mood um, I think I was saying that earlier it's a very disturbing mood and you're very concerned for Reagan the fucking sound design when she's getting the CT scan and she's getting like pumped with like her blood pumped out through that catheter. I think that's like a completely dead silent scene. No one says anything. 
Um, there's some there's some very effective scenes in this movie, and I think that's got the best thing it has going for it. But I think as a whole, I really want something more to sort of wrap it all up together. And the ending scene, I don't really like. It's a failed exorcism. Father Karras makes like an ultimate sacrifice and like rediscovers his love for God. I'm sure um, he gets his rights led to like read to him. So it's kind of like a bummer that he that he dies. Uh, like both priests are dead. And Reagan's implied that she remembers everything and she's probably very fucked up. Um, I don't know. I, I wish the ending was a little bit better. And then it ends with him, the one priest just looking down the stairs, which was lame as fuck. I would have appreciated like a scary ending or something a little more heartfelt. I don't really care about that friend of the priest. I don't know why we're watching him stare down the steps. So uh, I'm going with the 4.1 here. I know it's a classic and I understand that, but, um, I think the lighthouse is far more enjoyable and a, a better movie to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll pass this one over to, to sauce sauce. Uh, what do you want to give this one? Um, so I'm going to give this movie. It's a classic. I'll give it a, a solid 4.3, um, which I think is a pretty fair score. It's a very good movie. I just think there are a few different things, at least in my opinion, that could have made it a little bit better to really set it over the top for me. I don't think it was something that, uh, I mean, it's great for what it was to, to kind of disturb you um, with this possession, but I just don't think it was like ridiculously scary, at least from my standards. Um, definitely some disturbing scenes. Um, it did a great job of that, but not like super scary in my opinion. And then also I thought like the very beginning of the movie, it was just like a little bit drawn out like that. I personally didn't understand like the whole purpose of the whatever was going on in Iraq, the whole background of it. Um, didn't find that necessary as well as some of the other scenes. Um, like John, you said, there's not a whole lot of um, like relief or just any sort of other funny scenes in the movie besides that one dude calling people Nazis. Um, but yeah, just a couple of things I would, like a little bit more out of the movie to, to really put it over the top all in all it's very solid great acting um but just look for just would be looking for a little bit more to to really put it at the very top for me i'll let you take it away rainer i actually thought i would be uh on the higher end i'm i'm genuinely a little surprised not that it's a problem but thought you guys would be lower i'm not even going to be in the fours for this one it just misses out on being a four i'm gonna give it a 3.9 um obviously a lot of the reasons you guys already said of why it's not you know 4.5 or higher on my list but another thing is um you know it Older movies, they still always lose a little bit of, of charm to me, so it's hard for me to rank a movie like that up towards other ones that you've mentioned, John, or like A Midsummer, and plenty of the other good ones that we're going to be reviewing coming up soon. Um, and you mentioned, I, I think there's actually a decent bit of comedic relief, but some of it, it was intended to be scary. Like, I mean, and we'll talk about it here when we talk about favorite scenes, but when she's like, your mother sucks cock in hell. Like it's supposed to be scary, but it's fucking hilarious. Like yeah. that gets me every time. So that's a good and, point. But that's also supposed to be like a very scary, intense moment in this in the movie. So it kind of gets lost on me there. I'm um, sure back in the day people were didn't find that funny. Though I'm sure they were offended by that. So. Yeah, that scare yeah, did not age 73. well. Yeah. No, so now nowadays that's hilarious. <laughs> 
No, it's so funny. There's there's a couple <laughs> other good ones. I'll I'll wait till we start talking about scenes more specifically. But yeah, I mean in general, just doesn't doesn't stack up to some other movies that I can think of. And you know, obviously this list and ranking will be ever evolving. So that's why I'm gonna be a little conservative, give it a three point nine, and still a very good movie. Still respect it. Um, still recommend it. But you know. Got to be got to be a little bit better on my scale to get up in the the fours and high fours. So I get that. Um, John, go ahead. Tell me what uh tell me what some of the scenes that you liked about this movie. Yep, I was uh thank you for segueing that for me. I was going to bring that up. Um, so I think the best scene. Let's obviously this is part of the podcast for those listening for the first time. Um, we'll discuss our favorite scenes of the movie. Um, um, basically in the past we've had different criteria for. Do we want to give it to the, the the best scene in the movie, the most notable scene in the movie, the scariest scene in the movie? Um, I was kind of grappling back and forth as we were leading up to this podcast between two scenes here. Um, I think the uh, the power of Christ compels you scene is actually very compelling, and uh, I feel compelled right now. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm quite compelled at the moment, and um, I think that one is iconic. It's a classic all-time great cinema quote. Um, but I think after watching it for a couple times, by the way, this is my, I believe this is only my third full watch. I think you asked me earlier how many times I've seen it. This is my third watch of this movie in full. Um, gotcha. I think that is definitely one of the most effective scenes. All sorts of crazy special effects happen in there that hold up pretty well with her head spinning around, puking, um, her stomach showing, her Voice in general, the voice acting in that scene, I think that is, it's a very long scene, so it's a bit of a cop-out to call the whole thing one of my favorites. Um, I'm going to go with the sleeper here, and uh, this is a scene, boys, that we did not even watch in this movie because it was in the director's cut. I'm going to give it to the crab walk scene. Um, <laughs> I think that that is very terrifying, and why they cut it out, I have no idea, other than the fact that they thought it was dumb-looking. But I can say that is a very creepy looking fucking uh, scene. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube um, and watch it. Type in Exorcist Spider Walk or Crab Walk. Um, that that scene freaks me out to this day. Um, so I'm going to give it to that one. I'm hoping I didn't steal it from you guys. But uh, Sauce, what was your favorite scene of this movie? Uh, so we're doing favorite scene or like most scary scene? What do we? I, I don't know. I think we should probably decide once and for all how we want to run this segment. I think we asked this already in one of the previous podcasts, but I do not fucking remember what we decided well, upon. If I could put my two cents in, that should just be the the scene segment. You you make it what you want. If you want to say two scenes, say your scariest and your favorite, or I don't know. I'm 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 gonna give. I've I've been doing it to where it's my personal favorite, but you know maybe we maybe we. Just kind of leave it open-ended, but if you guys want to lock it down, I'm down with that too. All right. Well, I will. I guess the scene I'm going to talk about is you already have talked about this too, John. But the scene that just disturbed me the most was the um, like the neck catheter or whatever was going on when they were drawing blood from her. It's just squirting everywhere. It's just dead silent and it's just like unsettling. It. Uh, I think if I was going to pinpoint one scene that freaked that honestly like freaked me out the most more than any of the effects when she was possessed which is insane that's like like that is like one of the more effective scenes too because it's literally just like because it's real like yeah it's not a fake effect it's like something that could actually happen so it just makes you uncomfortable um but that's the scene that i would pick to be the most disturbing or just most notable for me out of everything which is a little bit weird to be honest 
given that it's The Exorcist, like the movie. But that is my scene. I'll cool. let you go, Rainer. Sauce, I like that you took that. Um, had we gone ahead and said we're going to do our, our scariest scenes, I would have picked that one as well. Um, because it is, like you said, it's so realistic. It's you know just really disturbing and off-putting. But um, I was torn between two for just picking my favorite. I always like to give out what my favorite scene is. Um, my very close runner-up is going to be Your Mother Sucks Cocks in Hell. That one's so fucking funny. <laughs> Um, I already said it before. I'll say it a thousand times because it's super funny. But no, my favorite. Um, gonna have to give it to uh, old Burke Dennings talking to Carl in the dinner party and just calling him a Nazi. Burke literally goes up to him and says, "Oh, you were working for the Gestapo or something." And then Carl <laughs> says, "Carl says, no, I'm Swiss, you idiot." And then Burke still goes, "Yeah, hey, whatever, Nazi bastard." It's just so funny. <laughs> funny. It's just so unnecessary. He's hammered too. That is particularly funny because I'm sure that joke, like at the time, probably means a little bit different now than it did then because World War II wasn't that long ago. So I'm sure that was probably like a real sentiment at the time of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 73, 50 years ago. Yeah. But it is, it was really funny. I, I was cracking up laughing when he called him a Nazi bastard. So yeah, I respect those picks. Those are all very good picks. I'm surprised nobody went with the crucifix stabbing the vagina scene because uh, that would probably be my uh, most disturbing scene. I'll just throw it out there. That scene uh, is is weird and then let your mom fucking lick your vag is, uh, you know, that's not great. That's not something that you want. Yeah, I try not to mention that because then it makes me think about it and it's very, very gross. It's very, um, very grotesque for the time. It's grotesque now. Yeah, the one, other one too is like one of the first times that like as she's possessed, she's like saying things and she's just yelling, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. That's right. See, that's what I was trying to, I was trying to separate those two scenes out from each other because the first one is, is her saying, fuck me, but she doesn't really stab herself. I don't think. Correct. Um, And then the second time she just does it again, except it's way worse. Like I didn't think it would be any worse. That actually on the the third viewing still uh, disturbed me. So I, I give, I give the movie, that's why it's over the 4.0 mark for me. Um, Respect. yeah. All right. So I think we could do the villain segment of this movie. I think I'm going to give it to Pizazu because he's a fucking yep. demon. Should be um, a pretty quick segment. Should be a very quick segment. What do you think sauce? Yeah, no, it's the same for me. I think this is going to be a clean wipe. Across Rainer, the board. would you like to nominate captain Howdy? I think, uh, I can say Captain Howdy because they're. I think they're probably the same person. They are. They so are the same, really. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, anoint Captain Howdy as uh, the villain of the movie, and I think we should call the villain Captain Howdy because we'll look it on the graphic. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Um, as we were talking, I was thinking of one one little thing that I still haven't really figured out yet. Um, why? How? Both why and how? does the statue end up with this, like it's established that Reagan is possessed because she's using this Ouija board to talk to Captain Howdy. How did Captain Howdy, who is Pizzazzo, work his way into this Georgetown home? I, I never understood that. Does Is there like a cut scene in the director's cut or something that like reveals like the statue somehow made his way from father Marin to this house, like to Reagan's family. Like, is that ever established? 
I don't think I, so. I, I think didn't so. pick up on it. Because it's very clear that there's a correlation between this devil statue and the demon. And like that is what's inside Reagan. But there is no connection between Reagan and the statue. You know what I mean? Like Reagan just one day wakes up possessed, basically, when she pisses on the floor. Like, I don't understand. That's that's like a major plot hole that I've like after three watches now, I don't understand if something got cut or why how Father Marin somehow relates to this family. There should be like a clear connection, but there's not. But um if anyone knows and you're listening to this podcast, please let us know. Um I'm surprised that wasn't in trivia. Well, okay, yeah. so I, th- I think that just about wraps it up. Are we missing any uh, any segments here, fellas? Um, Don't forget to eat your pea soup. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Never look at pea soup again. Yes. The same way. You're fond of me pea soup. <laughs> I don't think we're uh, I don't think we're missing any any of our typical segments. I think we covered everything. There's one thing I also wanted to bring up that I forgot about, but I've I've also not sure if I'm seeing it properly. So I pulled up a picture. Uh-huh. So when they're in northern Iraq and right towards the end where he uh, Marin goes and sees the big uh, statue, does the statue not just have like a massive boner, or is that yes. just like something else? Okay. No, if you look up pictures, if you just Google Pizazu, you'll see yeah. a bunch of statues, and they all have gigantic cocks. Really? <laughs> yeah. And there's like a snake hanging from it. Yeah, cock. sometimes the cock is a snake. But yet he's the demon of the wind. Like, I don't understand. Like, is he the demon of the cocks? Is he a demon of the wind? Or is he a demon of the the snakes? Either way, he's a mythical Babylonian creature. We're not going to try to speculate too much as to why the fuck they were drawing, putting massive cocks on their, uh, on their gods and demons. But no matter what, um, that kind of wraps up our exorcist episode. Um, Sauce, I think last week you told uh, everyone what we were watching. So Chris, I'm gonna have you tell the the fine the fine listeners of this show out there what we're gonna be talking about next week. We're gonna have to think of a name for like what we call our viewers. Like you know, some shows and podcasts will have like their own or following. So I have to figure out what we call the fellow the fiend goblins, the fellow fiends I like, the filthy well, fiends, the filthy fiends. <laughs> We'll we'll workshop that as we uh, as we get out here. Until further uh, notice, our listeners are filth goblins. <laughs> I like right, it. You fucking filth goblins. We're gonna be watching Friday the fourteenth. Just kidding. The thirteenth will be our next movie. And oh yes, another classic. It's another classic indeed. Um, have you boys watched this before, Sauce? Have you seen this? Yeah, I have seen this one before, so okay, not my first rodeo. Chris, have one. you seen this one before? Yeah, it'll actually be the similar situation as The Exorcist. Seen the movie. It's been quite some time, so it'll honestly even more so for uh, Friday the Thirteenth. This will be kind of more feel like a first watch than than anything else. So cool. Forward to it. Well, I know all three of us here have played the Friday the Thirteenth video game. I know uh, Friday the 13th, we're watching part one, obviously, because um, we haven't reviewed any of the movies yet. But uh, I'm kind of a, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. Um, it's a great summer movie. I know we're uh, at the time of this episode, which is September 21st. Um, we are um, basically in fall at this point, but um, this is a great summer flick. Um, it has lots of good, um, 
Uh, it's one of the first uh, slashers. Actually, uh, this is the first slasher that we're reviewing on the podcast, which is a, a very important and huge genre of horror. Um, so it's sort of a landmark episode in that we're reviewing Friday the 13th first. Um, so yeah, we will be watching that soon. Um, we'll be doing another marble race to watch what we're, what we're doing after that. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Um, once again, we still have not posted any of our social media, but again, we'll be releasing all these episodes, uh, one through four, at least together as a part of a giant care package drop for your, uh, for your ear holes. Um, so eventually we will be up and running on the week to week basis. Um, and as we build a bit of a listenership, you guys feel free to uh, let us know what you think. If you want us to watch anything in particular, what you think of the episode so far. But yeah, uh, I think that just about does it, fellas. John, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking this might be the uh, I think the last one. Cause think about it, we're getting close to spooky season here. You know. Oh I yeah, we like need we spooky forgot. episodes out for spooky season. And uh, yeah, I feel like what better time to launch a spooky podcast than in October? So. Yep. I expect uh, I expect the people to be hearing from us soon, and I'm looking forward to hearing from the people. Yep. Um, I am almost all. I'll let you guys in on a little secret already that um, you know, if we haven't, if the Marbles do not decide on um, Halloween, the movie to be watched in time for what? Well, actually, it could be any of the Halloweens, really. I I am going to put the commissionership mandated uh, watch of Halloween down in the month of October. We we absolutely have to watch that at some point. So yeah, it is almost spooky season. Be sure to uh, dress up your balls and put little uh, skeletons on your nuts. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Peace.